Welcome to the Tech Bytes portion of our episode. We are in a six-part series with Singtel about cloud networking. That is, how to make your existing wide area network communicate with cloud services in an effective way that maybe your legacy WAN isn't able to. Today is part two of six, and we're chatting with Mark Seabrook, Global Solutions Manager at Singtel, about the complexity of cloud-ready networks today. Mark, welcome back. Second time we've been able to chat with you, and... What is a cloud-ready network, Mark? We got to define that because it sounds a little hand-wavy and marketing-y. So give us a, a little bit of a clue what we're talking about here with a cloud-ready network. Yes, that's that's kind of a loaded question. I would say that a lot of corporate networks out there, they aren't ready for the cloud. So that's exactly the problem that we're trying to fix and we do fix on a daily basis. <laughs> okay, wow, okay so, sheet at those networks. <laughs> well, shots fired, man. I mean, it's like, okay, I have an existing MPLS WAN. It's been deployed globally at one point in my career. My title was Global WAN Manager or something like that. And I know I can get cloud uh, connections plumbed into my MPLS WAN. I, and this is a world I'm familiar with. I know what these routers do. I've built them lovingly. Why do they fall short of being cloud ready, Mark, since you just, again, shots fired, most of these networks are not ready for the cloud from your perspective? So, I mean, it depends on the, on, you know, the, the, the mission of the, of the customer, but I mean, a lot of traditional MPLS networks, they're still fantastic for people who just want a very low, um, secure, gluey, uh, sticky connectivity. But if you want to make use of, you know, SD-WAN, um, the first first packet inspection, cloud breakout, uh, having all the granularity of what you can do with SD-WAN, you probably want to get away from MPLS, at least at the, at the branch level. A lot of our customers are going to a DIA, a twin DIA on a twin uh, SD-WAN setup. Well, let, let, let's back up here, Mark. Let's back up because you said uh, flexibility is the problem I have. That is, my traditional MPLS network that I know and love and can hug the router isn't good enough because I don't have access to things like uh, breaking out to some third-party service that's going to do traffic inspection for me. Is that the point you're making? Yeah, absolutely. You know, anybody who's ever worked with uh, a traditional MPLS network knows that if you want to make changes you've got to go through you know change notifications you're you're dealing with uh regular uh vanilla routers on the ce and pe end as far as cloud's concerned going from a, a regular mpls network with traditional cisco routers to a uh, an sd-wan uh topology to me it's like going from a, a a Cessna 172 to say an Airbus. Um, <laughs> you've just got so much, so much more f flexibility with what you can do, and a lot of the traditional topologies with MPLS, it's just not cutting it. Uh, okay, I guess the point you're making about the vanilla routers is I can do IP transport. I can uh, get. Uh, I, I can do tunnel terminations and this kind of stuff. But when you want to do fancy routing, something that's not say BGP or OSPF, something that's very deterministic for a path, I don't have that baked into most of whatever Cisco routers I've had sitting around on uh, terminating my MPLS edge for the last decade. Absolutely. And it's just also from a, a 10,000 foot overview. So with the biggest frustration with some of our uh, CIOs that we deal with, um, they don't have that 10,000 foot overview of an MPLS network. Sure, we've got portals, um, we can we can show them all sorts of telemetry, but they don't have that uh, 
orchestrator type single plane of glass that you would get with an SD-WAN provider. And, and to be clear, we're not picking on Cisco. That's just, it's a common denominator sure. that everybody can relate to. Cisco will sell you a very robust SD-WAN solution in the form of their Viptela acquisition and all of that uh, IP that they've brought into uh, some of these routers that do give you some of that flexibility. But I think a bigger point here, Mark, if you're plumbed into a private MPLS network, then by definition, the resources you have access to are limited versus if I do a DIA, direct internet access circuit, now I can plumb to, in theory, whatever services are out there, hang off the internet cloud that I can consume uh, on my way to the public cloud. Sure, absolutely. So a typical, you know, what we're seeing with a lot of our SD-WAN customers, we're putting in two DIAs. Maybe we're putting in two DIAs and an MPLS if it's that critical of a site. But that allows for the internet breakout. We can route all of the uh, internet breakouts directly to a Zscaler to scrub them for security. Uh, We can have all our tunnels going to private data centers. And we just gain a a flexibility and an overview and a a gooiness, if that's a word, that you just just didn't have with with traditional, um, you know, 4,000 series Cisco routers on an MPLS network. Right. I think what you're really talking about is the user experience. The user experience that you get with SD-WAN is just, it's generally going to be superior to the older MPLS style of managing things. And especially if you're headed in the cloud direction, the user experience with the cloud sounds like it's a lot more akin to what you would see with SD-WAN than what you would see with the traditional MPLS network. Absolutely. And I mean, if a lot of our customers, if they're running the flavor of SD-WAN that that they use, they're running it virtually within uh, a VPC or EC2 instances inside, say, AWS. So they're putting it on on a site, on a UCPE box. There really is no difference. It's just one virtual instance talking to another virtual instance and getting away from uh, MPLS and doing more of a hybrid uh, DIA, fiber internet, uh, just gives them that flexibility to run with all this new technology. Is there much of a cost difference these days, Mark, of private MPLS versus DIA? Because that was a thing for a while, but I, it feels like costs have somewhat equalized. Is that true? Um, it depends where you go in the world. So, for example, in the U.S., yeah, DIA, I mean, in the U.S., DIA, fiber internet is a lot cheaper. And you've got, you're inundated with providers. If you go to Vietnam or the southern Philippines, not so much. For example, some places around APAC, Indonesia, you can pay more for a fiber internet than a a fiber handoff local loop from an MPLS network. Interesting. Yeah, I actually worked on a project where it was a law firm that had their primary office in North America, but they had a satellite office out in the Philippines doing a clerical work for them. And the networking was backhauling everything for internet back to their location in Philadelphia and then out to the internet, which was an awful experience for anybody in the Philippines. They could have used you at the time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, what, what would you say if I'm a network operator who's got that private MPLS network that we've been talking about and my solution so far has been, I'm just going to map a connection into my private MPLS cloud f- from the public cloud providers that I'm consuming. So maybe I've got a connection from AWS and Azure into my MPLS cloud. Is that is that that bad? Should I really be rethinking that? 
depends on your mission. If you want to make use of all of the um, all of the amazing features that SD WAN provides, then you probably want to look at some internet breakout. But we do have customers. We'll work with customers that want to keep MPLS in a certain part of the world, and then go to pure internet with SD WAN in another part of the world, and we'll link them together. We've even worked on one particular customer. It was a hundred sites in mainland China on Viptela. We kept those on MPLS within China to get around some of the um, restrictions and um, choke points in China. And then we will NNI them or link them into other parts of the world where we're doing pure internet. Hmm. I just had another architectural thought, Mark, that maybe you can answer. If, uh, if I go DIA as opposed to mapping cloud circuits into my private MPLS, do I also get an advantage with maybe latency profiles, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, latency is always a tricky one, especially with internet. So we do have um, around the world our IP transit product, which is called STIX, uh, Singapore Telecom Internet Exchange. And we can actually do uh, deterministic routing from those gateways. So, uh, for example, in Asia, we do have SLAs for latency and we can guarantee a routing profile based on where that territory is pointing to. So Mark, if I'm operating a big MPLS network, now you're making me rethink architecture and, and change is hard, that's a thing. But, uh, but, but I, the point you're making here is uh, there are different ways to be thinking about network architecture when you are connecting to cloud services. If you expect you know, two things, I think we can summarize this conversation with, with two things. One, Feature flexibility, what can I take advantage of if I do, say, twin DIA circuits and connect that way? And then to performance, am I going to optimize my performance to and from the public cloud as I consume those services with my old school private MPLS or, you know, going over in it? As you said, it can be tricky, but again, options. I can now design something that is optimized for application delivery where if I, all I've got is my old MPLS network, maybe I can't because the options, the, the design flexibility just isn't there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you just said there. That's, that's a pretty good uh, synopsis of what, what I see out there. Excellent. Well, Mark Seabrook of Singtel, we, uh, we thank you for joining us on today's Tech Byte. And if people want to reach out to you because they got some questions about uh, Singtel or uh, moving off of their traditional MPLS, can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can hit me up on uh, LinkedIn uh, under my name. Excellent. Thanks for joining us, Mark. And thanks to you out there for listening. This was just part two of a six-part series. So we're going to hear more on building cloud-ready networks with Singtel in upcoming episodes. Part three will be in a couple of weeks, and we'll be tackling how SD-WAN fits into the cloud networking picture. SD-WAN helps us get where we need to go, but it, it is not as easy as you think. So tune in for that in a couple of weeks.